Hey guys, welcome to Black Fashion History, the podcast that chronicles the contributions of black people all around the world to luxury fashion. And you are tuned into episode nine, and I'm your host, Taniqua Russ. If this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you decided to be here with me. So I really appreciate that. And if you've listened before, welcome back. For all of you guys, today is your very lucky day because I have a special surprise for you, but you got to stay tuned till the very end of the episode to find out more about what I'm going to be sharing just for today's listeners. Now let's go ahead and get into it. As you know, we always kick off our episodes with the spotlight. And the spotlight feature is where I share with you guys a person, a platform, organization, or brand that's really doing their thing and contributing to black fashion culture. So today's spotlight is the Fashion and Race Database by Kimberly M. Jenkins. So the Fashion and Race Database, or database, however you say it, is an online platform filled with open source tools and resources that expand the narrative of fashion history and challenge misrepresentations within the fashion system. The project is centered on expanding our cultural and historical memory within fashion. So definitely something that aligns with the work that we do here at Black Fashion History because we really want to change the narrative of fashion history and share with people all of the amazing contributions of black people within the fashion industry. And Fashion and Race Database is like a go-to academic resource for all of that information. Now, the database began with Kimberly M. Jenkins during her first four years of teaching at the New School, which is a part of Parsons, as a fashion studies scholar and black professor. She realized there was a dearth of historical resources for exploring fashion history and theory outside of the Western perspective, and there was a lack of resources about how race has influenced the aesthetics and access to fashion. So she wanted to fill that gap and provide a connection for her students of color and fashion. Because sometimes it can feel like we're missing when we're in these classes, we're studying fashion history or discourse or whatever. When you don't see yourself, it feels like there, there can be a disconnect and it feels like there's not a place for you. So she really wanted to bridge that gap and provide sort of a library of resources that discusses fashion from the perspective of race and minority communities so that people can get a better understanding and of course see themselves within the work in the historical context of fashion. The database provides articles, essays, case studies, books, films, events, and more that present an academic and historical perspective of race as it is experienced in fashion and fashion history. And it's one of the number one places that I go to further my knowledge on the history of black people and the implications of race and minority groups in luxury fashion. It has tons and tons of resources. I'm like talking about articles, academic journals, um, research case studies. I know I said that already, but I just really want to stress how informative it is. And it's beyond what we think about when we think of fashion text, normally we look to magazines or maybe textbook for that kind of information, but this gives a real deep critique on race and fashion 
and I love it and I nerd out over it. And if you guys love the podcast, then I know you're going to nerd out over this too. So you can find the Fashion and Race database online at fashionandrace.com or you can find it on social media at Fashion and Race Database. Everything is spelled the same. You can find that on Instagram as well as Twitter or you can follow Kimberly M. Jenkins Um, I think our handles are Kimberly M. Jenkins everywhere online as well. So make sure you tap into that resource. It's fabulous. You're going to love it. I promise. All right. So next on the docket is our black fashion vocabulary term. That is a term specific to fashion or specific to black culture that just helps us understand the episode a little bit better and gives us a new word to use as we're in our conversations with people every day. It makes us look more chic, more fashion centric, and gives us something to have fun with. Now, today's fashion word is pretty basic. I'm sure you guys will know exactly what it means once I say it. And even if you don't know what it means, context clues will tell you what it means. Like, it's very, very basic. But I just wanted to share not so much the meaning of the word, but uh, the role of this word or this position so that we can understand our living legend for the day. So today's black fashion vocab term is fashion illustrator. Told you it was really basic, really simple. You guys know what fashion is. You guys know what an illustrator is. So I'm sure you know what a fashion illustrator is. But I'm going to highlight what a fashion illustrator does. And a fashion illustrator creates clothing designs And they're usually the first thing, their designs, mind you, are usually the first things that buyers and stylists look at to make decisions about clothes and putting looks together when you think about buying for the season or for stores. People typically look at, now they look at line sheets, but before you will look at like illustrations to get an idea of what the collection is going to be like. Um, And fashion illustrators help bring the designer's vision to life. So there are a lot of designers out there that may have um, an idea but can't sketch and so they need a fashion illustrator to help them get that idea across and you see that a lot now especially when you have these collaboration lines like for example we have Nicki Minaj for Fendi um, or Rihanna doing Fenty Beauty not Fenty Beauty sorry Rihanna doing her Fenty clothing line you know there may be a fashion illustrator working in those situations because the person behind the brand isn't necessarily someone who can sketch or design or even sew, but they have the concept and the idea. So they communicate that to the illustrator. Illustrator will sketch it out. Then you have, you know, somebody that will sew and put it together. And that's what brings you a line. And so today we are talking about a fashion illustrator. He's actually an illustrator turned designer. So I cannot wait to share with you all the story, the life, the legacy of Mr. Alvin Bell right after this break. So you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top of the line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, 
There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M, to get started today. Now, let's get back into our content. Alvin Bernard Bell was born on December 27, 1958 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to Catherine and James Bell. He grew up in South Philly and had an affinity for drawing and fashion. He used to buy a lot of fashion magazines like Harper's Bazaar and Vogue, and that helped him realize that he wanted to be a fashion designer at an early age. At eight years old, he won a Philadelphia citywide drawing contest, and he later went on to study illustration at the Philadelphia Museum College of Art. He took advanced courses at the Philly Museum College of Art, and that's where he met Willie Smith, whom we know and love. And Willie Smith would later become one of his closest friends and confidant in the fashion industry. I just love it when black legends connect and get together. It's such an amazing thing. Anyway, before Bell became a fashion designer, he worked as a fashion illustrator and photojournalist. In 1964, when he was 18 years old, Mr. Alvin Bell was referred by a bridal shop to Alfred Angelo Bridal, where he was hired as an illustrator. And this is what he said of his first meeting with Edith Vincent of Alfred Angelo. She had everyone come in, she said. Look at this. This child draws like he's some prodigy of God. She said, I've never seen anything like it. So afterwards, and all these designers came in and started looking and everything, I felt really good about it. So until that point in his life, Alvin Bell only had a portfolio of ad illustrations, but no real fashion work, which is what he actually wanted to do. So imagine how amazing his designs were, not even designs, but imagine how amazing his work was and his illustrations was that someone who worked at a bridal shop could see not just potential, but see the natural gift of design and illustration that he had, even though he had a portfolio that didn't contain any real fashion work. Now, I'm not sure what he showed them like if he sketched something for particularly for the interview or if he just showed them his portfolio but either way he literally walked in there and convinced them by his sheer talent that he was not just the best for the job but the best illustrator and that kind of kick-started his career in fashion illustration In addition to being an illustrator, Alvin Bell was also a photojournalist. He'd go to fashion shows, take pictures of the designs and everything, and then he'd make his own sketches. And then he'd turn around and sell those sketches to other fashion designers. His talent led him to being tapped to create a line of women's suits for the PSI fashion label. And then later on, he went to work for Roy Halston and Anne Klein. Now, it was his designs of women's suits for PSI that really catapulted him into stardom and gave him recognition as not only an illustrator, but also a designer. In 1984, he was the licensing and fashion coordinator of the proposed Michael Jackson collection. He was basically responsible for taking Michael Jackson's visions of clothing and putting it on paper so it could be created. 
when I found that out, I was amazed because one, I didn't know Michael Jackson had a clothing line or was supposed to have a clothing line. And then two, when I think about Michael Jackson and his personal style, as well as his stage and performance style, it's so elaborate, but it's also very detailed and it stands out. I think of a lot of sequence and structure and um, sparkles and detail. And so to think that Alvin Bell was tapped to take what was in Michael's mind and put it down on paper is very, very cool. Oh, I wish it would have come into fruition. I have no idea what happened with that. Maybe I'll do some further investigating and we could do a whole episode on what happened to Michael Jackson's clothing line. But I do wish it would have come into fruition so we can see the mind of Michael coupled with the talent of Alvin Bell. That would have been amazing. And this just goes to show you that there are so many different roles in fashion if you want to be involved in the industry and all of them are very important, some even more so important than designing. Like a fashion illustrator is necessary to create these collaboration lines that we see. I just told you Michael Jackson had to tap a fashion illustrator. Um, it's very likely that, you know, the Friendly Prince song collection by Nicki Minaj, they needed to tap an illustrator for that because the point is to get the idea out of the head of the celebrity or influencer and onto the paper so that it can be created and become what we see today. And that is an important role because what you sketch is what is going to be created. So essentially you have, while you're taking someone else's ideas, it's your interpretation in a sense of their idea and you have the ability to contribute to a collection as well. So there are so many roles in fashion if you're interested in something and you think design is not for you, uh, here's a role that you can consider and you see how important it is and how um, beneficial and how much it adds to the process. Over the course of his career, Alvin Bell could not only be considered an illustrator or a photojournalist, he can now add designer to his repertoire um, thanks to the collection that he did for PSI. And his designs could be bought at various upscale boutiques like Saks Fifth Avenue, Bergdorf Goodman's, and Barney's New York. Y'all know those are the go-to places for luxury fashion even today, um, except for Barney's because now it's closed. But, you know, even today, those are the places that we visit when we want to buy uh, luxury fashion at a department store. And it was the same back then. And so it's an amazing thing for a designer to be in there that kind of solidifies you as a luxury or a contemporary brand. And then on top of that, he's a black man, so it's a... So it's obviously a black brand and you'd be very hard pressed to find a black luxury brand in department stores like this. Even today, I believe it's less than 1% of the brands that you see at places like Saks or Bergdorf Goodman, Nordstrom, Dillard's, Jordan Taylor. Less than 1% of those brands are black brands. And so imagine, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, what it was like. It's probably the same or worse. In the mid to late 90s, there became like a shift in retail and fashion. And so the shift went from retailers purchasing clothing from designers and purchasing like brands or collections to be able to resell into them tapping into the design market themselves and designing their own clothing specific to the retail brand. So you can think of it like how 
um, Walmart has great value. Uh, and I know we talk about luxury fashion here, so it's weird to use as an example, but I think it's the best way for us to understand it. Like great value is a Walmart brand. So Walmart does carry other things, but they also make sure to have their brand. And that was the shift that was happening at the time. You know, retailers were still carrying brands, but they wanted to put some skin in the game, get their foot into the fashion game by creating their own store brands that people could purchase. So in February of 1997, Sears, uh, they tapped Alvin Bell to create a line specifically for African American because they realized that their customer base was 20% African American women. So Alvin Bell designed and launched a casual and career wear clothing line for black women called Mosaic and that was sold exclusively in Sears and it featured very affordable clothing um, in abstract African or jazzy kind of prints. It was loose fitting and it was created uh, specifically to target the black women consumers of Sears. Now I'm just gonna take this little aside to remind black women of our power. As you can see by my most recent example with Alvin Bell and Sears, black women, we have purchasing power. So use it, use it to your advantage and use it wisely. Make sure that you are supporting brands that support you and support initiatives that help you live a better, more fuller, fulfilling life. When people realize that your money is gone out of their company, they will step their game up, I promise. So ladies, use your purchasing power wisely. And after years of hard work in this industry as a photojournalist, illustrator, and designer, Alvin Bell took his knowledge and created his own fashion industry trade newsletter called The Designer Report. And he is still alive today. So to Mr. Alvin Bell, we thank you for all the work that you've done in the industry. We're proud of the work that you've done. And we thank you for opening doors for all of us who love fashion today. And that's it guys. I told you all if you made it all the way to the end of the episode that I had a special surprise for you and I'm keeping my word. First of all, kudos for listening all the way through. You're greatly appreciated and I can't wait to share with you guys the surprise that I have. So it's the holiday season and I'm feeling generous so I am doing a giveaway. I'll be giving away a Telfar bag, um, specifically a mini Telfar shopping bag. And if you know about the Telfar bag, you know that it is considered the millennials Birkin bag. And you know what Birkin is that bag. Like Jay-Z said, my chick is rocking Birkin bags. Your chick is like, what type of purse is that? Telfar bag is going to give you the same vibes. You can walk around like I'm rocking a Telfar bag and you like what type of purse is that? So for those of you who are not familiar with Telfar the Bland, Bland, with Telfar the Brand or Telfar Clemmings the Designer, um, Telfar Clemmings is a Liberian American designer and he has a unisex fashion line called Telfar and that launched in 2005 and it was also the CFDA Vogue Fashion Fund winner in 2017. It's been worn by tons of celebrities, um, everyone from Little Nas X to Solange. 
Actually, Solange just recently wore the same mini bag that I'm going to give away to the Queen and Slim premiere. Except I'll be giving away the bag in a different color because it's consistently selling out. And that goes to show you how popular it is. And this is the It bag. So it's going to be a great gift from me to you um, during this holiday season. And I can't wait to give it to somebody. Now to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is text Black Fashion, that's B-L-A-C-K space F-A-S-H-I-O-N to 31996. The number is 31996. And that's all you have to do and you'll be automatically entered into the giveaway. It's only one entry per person so you only have to text once. Um, and once again, that's texting the words Black Fashion to 31996 and you'll be entered. I'll announce the winner on, hmm, let's see, the very last episode of the season. Let me see what date that will be. That is going to be December 12th. So I'll announce the winner on December 12th. That gives y'all a good amount of time to enter. And yeah, I can't wait. So good luck to everybody. As always, make sure you subscribe or follow this podcast on whatever platform you love to listen to podcasts to. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, can you please rate us and leave us a review? And most importantly, join me again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.